Hello, and welcome to Drunk on DCOMs, a podcast about Disney Channel original movies, where sometimes we're going to talk about it, and only one of us watched it. It's a little fun change-up episode. I yeah, because last time, uh, with Buffalo Dreams, uh, I watched it, and this time, you watched uh, a movie about a shocking number of babies. Quintuplets. Movie's called... Yeah. Honestly, I think Adam got the short end of the stick on this situation. Um, it's going to be hard for me not to. Let's be real here. Yeah, because this movie, although it has some problematic themes that I'm going to address, um, nothing nearly anywhere close to as problematic as Buffalo Dreams was. Yeah. So basically, Buffalo Dreams was rough. But yeah, hop in. Hop right in. Um, yeah, I'm just going right into this. Um, Buffalo Dreams is about... Buffalo Dreams. <laughs> I got Buffalo yeah, please dreams. tell me all about Buffalo Dreams. I, can't, I didn't watch it. I watched Quince, and Quince is all about a family, and it's a dad and a mom, and, and Kimberly um, J. Brown. Yeah, the girl from um, Halloween Town. She played Marnie in Halloween Town. Yes. Yeah, and she's renounced her magic to be in a family before. with a lot of kids. This was before. It might have been after the first one, but she's this is definitely after the first one. The the timeline doesn't add up if this is. It's Go around ahead. the same time as the first Halloween Town because I think the first one came out in like ninety eight or ninety nine. Um, okay, yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, when she was like hitting Disney Channel stardom, never got her own show, but got a couple decoms, like some pretty big ones. Um, and basically, she's like in eighth grade. And she's an only child at the beginning of the movie. And it kind of, you know, addresses that, like, all of her parents' energy is on her. Like, their dad works at a hardware store. The mom is the main editor for their, like, local newspaper. Um, And, like, her parents have all these, like, big dreams for her that she's going to be a doctor or a lawyer sort of thing. Like, they're putting... senator's son. Are we going to name other things from the uh, classic country song... Out Last Night by Kenny Chesney. Eh? Eh? Do you remember that song? You don't remember that song? It was a real big back in like 2010. Uh, Anytime you turn on the radio, that song was on. That's all I got. No. Do you remember the song Red Solo Cup? Uh, Yeah, of course. I've made it my mission to just derail this podcast (laughs) the entire time. (laughs) Red Solo Cup? Um, That song's all right. No, it is not. No, it's terrible. Um, (laughs) Well... Hang on. Let me tell you a quick story. <laughs> I was at a bar. I was at a bar. Okay. The uh, the night I just it was a bar near where I went to college. Uh, mm-hmm. The night that Garth Brooks was coming out of retirement to play mm-hmm. a show right across the street. Amazing. And this was back when I had Twitter. And uh, in the bar I was in. Somebody put friends in low places on the jukebox, kind of like the John Mulaney joke. Yeah. Like where they so play it multiple times, but unironically. They, they just really wanted that song to play 10 they times. They were belting it over mm-hmm. and over and over. And I tweeted something like, I'm in a bar across the street from the Garth Brooks concert where they're playing friends in low places over and over. Someone help me or something like that. And it got like 300 likes. It was more likes than any tweet I've ever I've ever tweeted got was about this Garth Brooks experience. 
so happy you told me that story. Thank you. I like um, that story. I don't have friends in low places. I would if Adam considered himself my friend, uh, but we're only podcast colleagues. So That's true. We are podcast colleagues. I made that clear earlier today. <laughs> uh, fun fact about that bar, later got embroiled in a massive racism scandal where they were being real racist. So... Yeah, you know, you know the bar. I think. I know. You'll you'll you know, have to tell yeah. me afterwards. No, you know the bar. We okay. talked about it at the time. Okay. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. That's off the point. I watched the yep. movie once. <laughs> tell me more. <laughs> her parents are very much into her and like her success. She's in the eighth grade. They want her to go to like a charter school the next year for math and science. You know, they want all these things for her, and they're putting a lot of pressure um, for her to be like the best version of herself because her dad doesn't have a college degree he's like working towards his college degree at the time and the, you know they, they just want bigger things for their kid and she says something to the effect of i just wish my parents would worry about something else that isn't me boom the mom is pregnant with five babies so she didn't renounce her magic no she, <laughs> she has still it. has it mm -hmm. so basically the mom there's a very unrealistic pregnancy where the mom is just like slightly uncomfortably put pregnant with five babies mm. and it's you're just like, would no, it would be very yeah. much miserable. And, yeah. um, then the mom has babies and once the babies get there, like they do, I was shocked how much I never noticed as a kid, how much they actually addressed the real life issues of what would happen with like five babies like the dad works at a hardware store and he's working like 70 to 80 hours a week. And he's like, we literally can't even afford diapers. Um, and then like the mom's trying to work. So at first they get this nurse and, you know, so here's where there's, there's this problematic thing that I don't love. There's two okay. big problematic things. One is that the parents put a lot of emotional like toll on the oldest child. They immediately start like, dumping their frustrations onto her like they'll be like we can't afford this stuff your 13 year old doesn't need to hear that i'm sorry if you yeah, have that's pretty dark yeah and like she starts taking things personally and like offering to take care of the babies and stuff and then um the other thing is there's this art teacher who before the baby was born and he is a guy he wants mm. to perform the art club well, then once the babies are born, she joins the art club. And I just don't love the, like, weird, emotional, like, she is a kid who, like, he is very aware of, like, how overbearing her parents she, were before. She's in a vulnerable place. Right. And now he's aware and has heard her talking about how her parents don't pay attention to her anymore. And I don't... Like it's creepy yeah it comes across even if they didn't mean it to be this way it comes across as creepy because he is like just he's around a lot he, because things have happened since 1999 that have made that seem creepy right but things, were things happened before that yeah they didn't things didn't start happening in 1999 mm-hmm also, another thing about this is she's very, like, she is a narrator that she's yeah. talking to you the whole movie. She's breaking the fourth wall like Deadpool or Clarissa explains it all. 
Exactly. But she lies and she sees it like it's almost like a little game. Like she'll tell a story and she'll tell a portion of it and then she'll be like, gotcha. And then it like mm. rewinds 30 seconds and goes back and shows you what actually happened. I don't care for that. No, and she did it a lot. It, it right, that's a, if you overuse that thing, that's just... It was gimmicky. It was just like... Yeah, I bet you her parents didn't even have five babies. <laughs> yeah, it was this whole movie. Three tops. Three babies tops. Mm-hmm. What are the babies' names? Thank you for asking. Um, they're named alphabetically, so there's five of them. So they're Adam, Becky, Charlie, the D. It's a little girl. I think her name's Debbie and Eddie. They give them old people names. Mm. Sorry. Wait a second. <laughs> but yeah, they do alphabetical A through D. And personally attacked. Mm-hmm. A through um, A through E. A through E. Yeah. <laughs> Five. <laughs> um. Then here's where I start to get concerned. So the art teacher kind of really is a creep. Yeah. He's a creep. He's getting like, and then she starts going home and taking care of the babies after that scene. And when I say like, for as unrealistic as they made the mom's pregnancy, they tried to keep the baby's ages very realistic that Mm -hmm. in the first, you know, probably 10 minutes, the babies are on the screen. They're little. I mean, yeah. these babies have, like, they can't hold their heads up. I don't even yeah. want to know how long it took them to film those scenes. Well, I can tell you. How long? Well, I looked it up on IMDb because I thought they might have some fun facts. They don't have that many fun facts. But I can tell you that federal labor law only allows infants to work 15 minutes at a time. Right. Like, And these are... Now, they may have used a ton of infants. I yeah, they did. Hang on. It's, they had something like 30. Mm-hmm. 30 infants. You can tell because they didn't look the same. Yeah. Um, but they but they had them, and when they were tiny, I mean, 20. they were tiny. 20, 20 infants. And they did not teach Kimberly, I can't remember what her name is. Jay Brown. Kimberly J. Brown, her name is Jamie in the movie. They did not teach her how to hold a baby. Oh, and it's terrifying. Point, he picks the baby up, and its little head, like, tilts. And like, oh, I don't, I don't like that. I'm watching her, and I'm like, she needs to hold that baby's head. Like, why wouldn't someone have... And they probably didn't want to call cut on the scenes that had the infants in it, because every minute you wasted was another infant you had to hire. Yeah. Like, they just would let That's it fall. That's terrifying. And she would just have these... The mom, like, any of the adults, if they were holding them, they knew how to hold it. But, like, someone should have been like, when you hold a baby this little, you have to put your head, like... Support... Okay, Ahead. That should have been part of the casting process. Right. Like, or at least the training before the movie. Like, here's how you hold a baby that's only one or two months old. You hold its little head up. Because it can't, like, oh, bum me out so bad. Um, <laughs> I'm sure those children are fine, but I did Do like. you want to know the only other trivia fact on IMDb for this movie? Yes. Does Kimberly J. Brown take the subway at some point? Yes. Is that, have we already passed that point? No, the end. Is that the end? All right, continue. I'll get to that at the end then. Okay. So then Kimberly J. Brown's character, Jamie, she gets, you know, really into art. and But the parents have to figure out how they're going to afford these babies. Um, and basically, this company shows up, this advertising company that sells diapers. 
and is like, we can market these babies. And the parents are like, you know what? We have literally no money. If this is going to make them money, that's fine. You got to do what you got to do. So then it turns into this whole thing where like, I say the main like theme of the movie is like individuality and like Mm -hmm. Jane figuring out who she is as like a 13 year old and that she's not just like what her parents planned for her to be. Yeah. She doesn't like math and science. She likes art because there are two kinds of kids. There's math and science and there's art. That's it. And you can't like no one in between. No. No. So, but also the individuality of being like, I mean, this just kind of was emphasizing her point of being like a multiples, like of babies. And that like the babies just turn into this entity that is the quince. And like, she points it out several times to the parents. Like there's a scene where they're literally sitting in the room and like Jamie's one, her main muses are the baby. She likes to draw the babies when the parents like when she's taking care of them and she switches them around in the bassinets like halfway through the movie and the parents don't know which baby is which how are they supposed to know you can totally tell babies apart i can't tell babies apart well it's because if you're with the parents on this they're probably they don't they're probably so sleep deprived with five kids nah i'm with the parents They've got all kinds of babysitters and stuff. That's the whole point of them getting that marketing team. They've got money. I'm, They're sleeping. I'm still with the parents. You can tell babies apart. Uh, I can't. No, no, there's five of them. I can't tell adults apart. You don't have five babies. If you have five babies that are your own, you should be able to tell them apart. Or you're out of system to tell them apart. And they In every sitcom I have ever seen that has had twins, there is at least one episode where those twins switch places. Or there's a joke about the parents not being able to tell the identical twins apart. Stupid. So they couldn't tell. Also, these babies can't be identical because there's three girls and or three boys and two girls. So at least some of them I... are look different. They're fraternal. Yeah, uh, yes. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> I'm not arguing that these babies are identical. <laughs> I'm saying there is gray area and being able to tell babies apart. There's there's sitcom precedent here. Right. So, but no, like... Wait a second. Didn't we watch a movie, like, not even a month ago, where that was just Twelfth Night, where two twins tr- switched places, and one was a boy and one was a girl? Yeah, and if they didn't look anything alike, it was stupid. Yeah. Okay. There's Disney Channel precedent. Continue. Mm-hmm. Continue. But, like, the point wasn't... It wasn't a joke. Like, the it was, like... Jamie being like, you guys see them as one entity. You literally don't even know which one of your babies is which baby, which is pretty messed up. Because, like, Jamie could tell them apart, even though she was their 13-year-old daughter. Again, there's a lot of, uh, like, emotional trauma going on there for Jamie. I worry for her. Um, I don't worry for her. I think she sucks. I think she sucks. I'm anti-Jamie, and I'm not afraid to say it. But, yeah, they just... um. Hang on, but how, do, how does she get on the subway? I assume that's a big there. plot point. No. Not at the subway. I mean, that's all the way at the end. All right. Continue. Wait, how far in are we? I'm like over halfway there. She's already good at art. But then it keeps going. Okay. Um. So you find out she's good at art. And this all bunch of stuff happens in the middle. The marketing guy is a humongous jerk. Like, yeah, they not surprised. 
they predict the John and Kate plus eight model in this movie. Yeah. Really I was trying to think what that was called. And Octomom, was that a thing? Octomom, and there was other ones. Um, this would be more like the John and Kate plus eight, less like 20 kids. Yeah. But, um, you, you know why the marketing guy is the villain here? Because uh, there's literally no one else who could be the villain. We're not going to make either parent the villain. That would be right. way too dark. We're not going to make Kimberly J. Brown the villain, although I'm getting kind of a villainous vibe. Uh, mm. We're not going to make the babies the villain. That's, that'd be hilarious, though. That would be hilarious. That, yeah, I would love that. If they, mm-hmm. if they just unapologetically were like, these children are ruining our lives. <laughs> <laughs> and they're doing it intentionally. Um, no, I would just love it. babies. Yes. Uh, oh, five Rosemary's baby. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the marketing guy, like he doesn't like Jamie. He doesn't want Jamie in any of the stuff. He says that she's not going to like sell like the babies will. Like the babies are the marketing tool. Jamie needs to just go do what her art stuff and leave everyone alone. Um, so you find out that, you Rosemary's know. Rosemary's baby was a baby who was possessed by the devil. I don't know. You know, continue. Uh, I know. Rosemary's baby wasn't just possessed. It was the baby of... It was the Yes, it was the devil's baby. Yeah. Antichrist. I read the book. Um, Oh, okay. I didn't read the book. My mom told me about it when I was like eight. (laughs) Talk about it. She also ruined the sixth sense. (laughs) She said to me and my brother in the car one day, she said, I have to tell you guys about the end of this new movie I watched. You won't remember this. That sounds like something that I will do as a mom. I love that. That's like she couldn't We've tell. Never anybody. forgotten it. Uh-huh. We bring it up at least <laughs> once a year. That's hilarious, though. That's funny. She, she just really needed to tell somebody. She just needed to. She just needed to vocalize the end of the sixth sense. She was like, "And he's been dead the whole time." <laughs> Spoiler great. alert for the sixth sense. So Jamie's artwork is going to be in the art show. And she tells her parents and they're excited. She thought her parents were going to be super mad that she found her own like path, but they weren't. Well, then her parents find out they're getting the governor's award for the best parents of the year in their state. <laughs> That's yeah. not a thing. No. It, but like, it's because like the quints were like a. Yeah, a big story. A media thing. So it's not like they give that award away every year. It's just like they wanted the quints to come and. Yeah, okay. So and it's the same night. Same night, her parents basically forget that the they've also missed her teacher conference. Like they've forgotten. Like throughout the whole movie, they just continue to forget about Jamie. They've got a lot going on, right? They're gonna miss some things. They're they're gonna miss some things, Jamie. Buckle up. You got five siblings. So first, Jamie throws a fit and she tears her art apart and she cries and she's like, "My parents Mm -hmm. hate me and I hate my parents." She's thirteen. She's a tortured artist. Yeah, and she's, she's well on her way to success. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, then finally, like, she starts to accept, like, you know what? They're not good. They're going to go to their thing. Like, it's, it is what it is. And, like, they're still with the marketing guy. Well, then she's in art class. She's trying to, like, calm down and just do some art. And the art teacher, who is creepy, um, the principal walks in and is like, whisper, whisper, whisper. And the art teacher's like, uh, I don't want to scare you, but like well, you need to go to the hospital. Um, and first of all, the art teacher drives her by herself in his nah, car to the not hospital. Not okay. No. Your grandma can come pick you up. They can call you a taxi. Yeah. 
know what they need and to do. call you a taxi. I would rather her be in the car with a taxi driver than that art teacher by herself. It's also a van. And um, Ooh, yeah, man. it's not good. Um, he drops her off. One of the babies has a bad fever. And the parents have realized, the mom says a line like, I realized that I have been thinking of them. It's weirdly like emotionally charged intelligent that like okay. mom's like i realized that i was only viewing the baby as a group she was like i have a hard time seeing them as individuals because they're so little and you know everyone sees them as a group and that's what's made them famous and she's like but when adam adam is the one who got the fever she's like when adam got the fever, i just see one sick baby and the mom has this like awakening do you want to know a plot twist this movie's based on my life. I was that baby. <laughs> and your parents stole you and told you the end of The Sixth Sense. I have five brothers and sisters, including actress Kimberly J. Brown, who <laughs> reprised the role as herself. Yes. Um, but no, so they kind of, they drop the manager. This is all before the governor's gala and the art show. So like, you know... Now Kimberly J. Brown and her parents are like on good terms. They, She's like, I know who I am and I want to be an artist. And they're like, we love you for that. We love you no matter what. We just, our plan was because we wanted you to be happy. Whatever makes you happy. Now they're like, we got five more chances. She literally makes a joke about that. Yeah. It's one of those fake scenarios in her head. We, on, we only need one of you to hit it big. Uh-huh. So we, we don't have chances. to go to a nursing home. Yep. Um, but... You know, they, and she decides her parents won this award. Like, that's fine. Like, they're going to go. She said, you only win that once. There'll be other art shows for me. Well, then her parents get to the governor's thing. They were supposed to bring the babies. And they left them at home with her because they didn't read the full invitation. Uh, of course not. Also, the governor is Don Knotts. I thought I needed to bring Don Knotts. Yes. <laughs> no way. What's Don Knotts doing in this movie? He's just hanging out. What was Mickey Rooney doing in Phantom of the Megaplex? Great question. Is there anyone else from the golden age of Hollywood that should have been in a Disney movie that wasn't? You know who I would have loved? This might be a really... You might not have, not have any idea who this guy is. You know who Don Rickles is? Yeah. Okay. I would have loved to get Don Rickles in a Disney movie because he is just the meanest person. I would just love to get that character in there just being real mean. And kind, kind of, kind of offensive. <laughs> kind of offensive. Um, yeah. But yeah, they get there, and Don, the governor, is like, "I wanted to take pictures with the babies." <laughs> decent Don nuts. He's like, "I just wanted to take pictures with the babies." And they're I think like, you're, "I think you're not confident in your Don Knotts impression, no. but I think you need to commit." I need to commit. You're, you're on the right track. I'm Work kidding. on it. Come back the next time he's in a Disney Channel original movie, you'll have it locked and loaded. Uh, yeah, maybe. So, <laughs> the and he says, I'll send the state police to go get them, pick them up, and bring them here. Like, you forgot them. We'll figure it out. Well. It's an improper use of police resources. It really is. Uh, Kimberly J. Brown has already realized, because she looked at the invite and was like, they mm. were supposed to take the baby. Oh my God! She takes the babies on the subway. Yes, she's with her. So here, I got to break the whole thing down. Then you can tell me the fun fact. Okay. She's with her two friends, 
who have been in this whole movie, but they're not substantial enough for like me to talk about them to be completely... one boy and one girl. I'm guessing. Yeah. It, yeah. 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 I'm familiar with the group dynamic. Yeah. But they're like a weak group. She's yeah. a character. They're, they're not like a strong group. Is this like a, like a freaky Friday friend group? Yes. Yeah. That friend yeah. group sucked. So a boy and a girl, and she's like, we have to get them. So first, of course, they call the art teacher. Um, mm-hmm. He puts the babies. Somehow they manage to have car seats, that, and they have the bases for the car seats. And that's why he has a van. That's why they had uh, to establish that he had a van. They're establishing that he has a van. Yep. So they put Those all crafty guys. five babies in the, in the thing. Well, his van breaks down. So then of they're like, how do we get to the state capitol? And what they do is um, they take a bus, like a coach bus or a Greyhound, and then the subway, and that's how they got to the state capitol. What? They take a Greyhound bus? And a the- Greyhound bus that's a 13-year-old on with five babies, and it doesn't raise any human trafficking alarms? Three 13-year-olds. Three 13-year-olds on with five babies. And nobody thinks this is a concerning situation. Something's not right here. The one art teacher just drops them off and puts them... Oh, I hate that. Yeah, that's bad. But that's where they get on the subway. Now, go ahead and tell me the subway fact, and then I'll continue. So, yeah, the only other fun fact on the Quince IMDb page is somebody who was very interested in figuring out what state this is set in. Mm Mm-hmm. They say, while Jamie mentions living in Milford and her mom runs the town's newspaper, no state name is actually given. An exterior shot is later shown of the Massachusetts State House, Boston, Mass., where her parents meet the governor. Milford, Massachusetts is roughly 40 miles as the crow flies from Boston. (laughs) If the film does take place in Milford, Massachusetts, Jamie taking the subway to the event would not be correct as there's no subway line or direct train service between Milford and Boston. Well, that person didn't watch the, the movie. They one out of, one. they take a Greyhound first. One out of one people found that helpful. Yeah, they're wrong. They took a Greyhound bus. Then they take the subway after they get off the bus. And in Boston. In Boston, apparently. Yeah. And yeah, they get the babies there. Don Knotts is pumped. Uh, on, on the subway, they're struggling, and all these big biker guys, like, approach them, and it's scary for a second, but, like, obviously, you know what's going to happen. Yeah. Like, they all come into the thing, and they're all, like, carrying the babies, so there's, like, <laughs> big bikers and, like, jackets, and they have these little babies and little onesies with hoods on it and stuff, and they're like, here, we love the quince, because, like, they are, like, kind of famous. They know the quince. They're famous. Right. So... Adorable. Yeah, that's what happens. And then they look at Jamie. um, And once the babies are there and they're like, want to stay for dinner at this gala? And she's like, she's literally wearing like jeans and a t-shirt. And she's like, not really dressed for it. Yeah. Then Don Rickles is like, you might dress. Don Knotts. Don (laughs) Rickles would be real mean spirited. Don Knotts is like, do you want my driver to like drive you and your friends home? She was like, all right, but instead of going home, she goes to the art show. Um, uh, okay, where the art teacher is. Oh, how did he get there? She, he's like, how'd you get the twins there? And she's like, a bus, a subway, and then a driver. 
And he, she's like, how'd you get here? And he's like, uh, tow truck and walking shoes. They live in one of those Disney Channel original movie towns where you can walk everywhere. Yeah. It's very yeah. You can walk everywhere, but also you have to take a Greyhound bus to get to the state capital. Yeah. Um, she wins. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, of course she wins. She wins, and she at the end, you find out she does get into the math and science charter school, but doesn't end up going. Yeah, of course, because she's an art kid now. She's an art kid, and he's that art teacher's literally going to continue to be her art teacher in high school, which is upsetting. Um, That's bizarre. That's not how things work. That's like in Boy Meets World, how Feeny is their teacher for every single year, and in the later years, they joke about it. Well, he becomes a principal at one point. He does become the principal, yeah, but then he uh, retires and becomes a college student and then teacher at the same college. Yeah. Um, pretty great. It is. Uh, yeah. yeah. A good show. Immediately, I like watched it and I was like, oh no, he's going to be our high school teacher. If this was made in the year 2000, by the year 2007, they were married. Of course. I know it. I predict it. It happened at my high school. I'm not going to say anything else. Oh. But... <laughs> um, you know, not to not to get not to dox my family, uh, but I have a cousin. Speaking of Boy Meets World, <laughs> okay, I have a cousin who is real into Knight Rider. Okay, and the guy who is Mr. Feeney was the voice of. Kit from Knight Rider. Do you know what Knight Rider was? Nope. Knight Rider was a show where David Hasselhoff solved crimes okay. with his car, and his car talked, and mm-hmm. his car was named Kit. Mm-hmm. And William Daniels, who plays Mr. Feeney, is the voice of Knight Rider. And I have a cousin who straight up built the car from Knight Rider and then took a picture of it and sent it to William Daniels, who's like, 97 years old old. and William Daniels responded with a very long handwritten note about how like he he loved his time on that show and like he thought this car was like very nice just like bizarre like just bizarre I like that though he seems like a nice guy he makes yeah he makes really nice uh, cameos I don't know if you you know yeah I I think I have if William Daniels ever gets me too I'm gonna be devastated Oh, don't say, don't put that up. Devastated. Um, Feeney's great. At the end, basically, um, it's not over. That's it. I mean, there was just a little bit more at the end. Her last joke is that she does one more gotcha where the mom stands up and it looks like she's pregnant again. And then like right at the end, she's like, just kidding. And then it's like, it plays the Seinfeld music. And then it does the Seinfeld music. <laughs> yes. No, it doesn't. I made it up. <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, that that dad would have gotten a vasectomy the next day. Oh, my God. There's no way that he would not have. Especially because like both the parents do basically have mental breakdowns in this movie. I would have a mental breakdown. You kidding? Five okay. kids plus a teenager? <laughs> No. That's too much. That's way too much. She seems like she's a very healthy and well-adjusted teenager. Yeah, beyond the trauma and the potential love interest in her middle school art teacher, everything <laughs> seems a-okay. Hey, no, she's probably going to end up with the the friend in the friend group. That's and- what you were supposed to think. Oh, 
but honestly, the weird chemistry between her and the art teacher came across more than the chemistry between her and the little boy they had playing the 13-year-old. Because... Well, I don't care for that. Let's look up who plays the art teacher. What was his name? I don't know. I'm scrolling through some of the things he said to her. The, the art teacher says some stuff that's really creepy. Like, he tells her to draw at one point, and he's like, close those eyes. It won't hurt. And I was like, <laughs> Was his name Albert? No, Albert, Albert. Albert's the marketing guy. He's the villain. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. Um, by the way, I've, I've seen Quince before, by the way. Yeah, I had two. The, the guy who played the art teacher is from Cleveland. Oh, he is from Cleveland. Sorry if I'm out here roasting him. Maybe he's one of our he, second listeners. He was in the movie Deer Hunter. Oh, that's a dark film. My dad has put that on approximately four times in and tries to get me to watch it, and I literally cannot. I don't make it through the wedding scene. Don't don't do it. Mm-mm. Man, that movie's dark. He went to Holy Name High School. That's an unfinished name for a high school. Mm-hmm. Holy Name High School. Couldn't pick a saint, could they? Mm-mm. That's all I got. But yeah, basically, that movie, the art teacher's really creepy. Says some creepy yeah. stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sounds bad. Yeah, but other than that, weird. I wish I all they needed to do was make the art teacher a woman. Yeah, and it would have like, you know, not that things don't happen the other, but it would have just like eased that like awkwardness, the stigma. And he just talked to her either alone or only with her other girl friend so often that it was weird. Like Mm -hmm. I personally believe that middle school shouldn't talk to kids alone that much. Yeah, especially because she didn't like art at first, and he just, like, gave her special interest until she did like art. Exactly what happened. It was weird. Yeah, and that... then it happened when she was getting less attention from her parents. I didn't like the whole thing. I didn't like the way no. it was it could have I, been... don't, I don't like that. No. I think because of that, giving this movie one star. Wait, what are we rating it out of? Quince? How many Quince? I thought, but we rate out of 10. We do rate out of 10, yeah. How many quints out of 10 would you give this? How many quints? Honestly, after watching it, like, it wasn't the worst. I would probably give it up to, like, I, I'm going to say four. I'm going to give it four. You're giving it four quints out of 10? I'm giving yeah. it one quint out of 10. I would have given it, you didn't even watch it. I would have given it five had it not been so creepy. For the record, I watched this in 1998. No, and didn't. I, in 2000. <laughs> he watched this I, movie. I watched this early. I was in this movie. I'm one of the quints. We talked about this. You couldn't have been one of the quints. You were not a baby when this movie came out. It's called acting, Jory. <laughs> you made yourself an infant. <laughs> and I worked 15 minutes a day. <laughs> and I made good money. <laughs> you know who was one of the quints? Who? Hang on, I lost my joke. You know who... <laughs> let's restart. You know who was one of the quints? You've been waiting to tell this joke since the beginning of this episode. And then I forgot about it. <laughs> and I lost it. Sabrina Carpenter was one of the quints. She was born in the year 2000. I don't know who that is. 
Oh, she was on. Um, she's she was. I think young people know her. I saw an advertisement that she was appearing at a mall. <laughs> Why are you so old? I'm sorry. I wasn't appearing at a mall. <laughs> what is this? The 1980s? Yeah, look up who Sabrina Carpenter is. Get back to me. I don't know who this girl is. Oh, wait. I might know who this girl is. I've got, I have got. I do know who this girl is. Remember the okay. song Driver's License that came out? At the beginning That's of the not year. Sabrina Carpenter. No, listen to me. Listen to me. I'm, I'm listening. I'm, I'm on TikTok. I'm in the children's drama. Okay. That the girl who sings that is Olivia Rodrigo, who's in okay. High School Musical, the musical, the series. This this hang on. You're about to tell me this thing that somebody tried to explain to me like a month ago, and I'm so confused by it. After I saw the SNL thing. Okay, I'm listening. I'm listening. So Olivia Rodrigo, who sings Driver's License, the boy who taught her to drive was also in High School Musical. She liked The him. musical. The musical, the series. And she liked him. Not Zac Efron. He's too old for all of this. And he's got a weird face now. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on. Um, she liked him. But she was 16 and he was like 18 or 19. He taught her how to drive. They were just like friends. Well, he went on to date Sabrina Carpenter and driver's license is about him because he taught her how to drive. And he said, listen, we can't date you. I'm 19 years old. You're six. It's not right. And like, that's why there's the one line that's like, you're probably with that blonde girl who always made me doubt She's so much older than me and everything I'm insecure about. And that line, those lines are about Sabrina Carpenter, which made people on the internet absolutely attack this girl. Yikes. But then like, her and the boy came out with their explanations that they're like the same age. And like he explained his side. People were like, why are we getting mad at him for being responsible? If he had done the it other like. He made a good decision. Right. He made the right decision. He did the right thing. And everyone got so mad about it. And I was like, and it's because they're all like 16-year-old girls, too, who are like, yeah. I'm a 20-year-old boy to date me. And it's like, no. Mm -mm. It's wrong. Yeah. No. It's not good. No. So that's anyway, that's that's so all, that whole story. Sabrina Carpenter was on uh, Girl Meets World. Uh, also... In looking at famous people born in the year 2000, I came across someone who is pretty high up on the famousbirthdays.com site, mm -hmm. which kind of loosely ranks these people. Doesn't whose name count. is... What? The rankings are all made by, like, 12-year-olds who click. And, like, the more clicks you yeah. get, like... I usually don't know who number one is because it's some TikTok star or something. Yeah, number one is Addison Ray, who I think is a TikTok person, but I don't actually know. She hangs out with the Kardashians now, and she does the... I don't... I don't care. <laughs> uh, number 30, though, is someone named Willy Wonka TikTok. Uh -huh. There's Willy Wonka... What? That little boy, that, that's a whole other can of worms. He's what? child, and, like, he was going after... Like, all these older TikTokers thought he was, He's like... 21. Oh, yeah, but... Yeah, but when he started, he wasn't as... I can't remember. There was, like, drama with him, too. He was really popular um, because he would, like... He dressed up like Johnny Depp's Willy Wonka, but... Mm -hmm. An inferior Willy Wonka. 
yeah. But he, I'm trying to think how to describe him. He had, like, abs, but, like, he's, like, skinny. Like, skinny abs. He's not, like, ripped. Mm. You know what I mean? But, like. Yeah, I'm familiar. He would do, like, sexy dances on TikTok where, like, he'd be dressed as Willy Wonka, but he'd have, like, his shirt unbuttoned. I'm uncomfortable. And people thought that he was, like, an adult. But at the time when that started, I don't think he was yet. Or, like, he just barely was. And people were like, we don't like this. Yikes. Mm-hmm. He was yeah. very popular in, like, when I first got TikTok a while ago. Okay. He's not anymore. But, yeah, no, I mean, I feel like that, that gimmick has a half-life, you know? You, you kind of, yeah, that's a, that's a quick rise to fame, quick fall from grace kind of thing. I think he was in videos with like Lizzo though and stuff. Like there was like it was he was a a shooting star that burned out well, very fast. <laughs> His second yeah. really longest shooting star. <laughs> well, I hope he invested his money wisely. He's twenty one years old. You know he did not. No, he absolutely did not. He's probably living at a on a beach house or at a beach house with uh what's his name? Jake Paul. Or Logan Paul? Who's the worst Paul? Jake. Well, it depends that on one. what you mean by worst. Which one boxes? Both. They what? Both. They they both box now? Mm-hmm. We should probably take this offline. I feel like no one wants to hear about us. I, I don't know. I need to I I I hate th- all right. All right. Yeah, so uh, I gave Quince a one out of ten, you gave Quince a four out of ten. Mm-hmm. Uh I don't understand TikTok. I just don't. My mom sends me TikToks, like a lot. After this, she sends them, Adam how to do the renegade. She, I don't know what that is. She sends them to my brother and I, and my brother, without fail, 20 seconds later, every time responds, neat. <laughs> without fail. He did not watch it. There's no way. Mm-mm. No. Nope. Anyway. Anyway, <sighs> I think this podcast was neat. <laughs> and by that, I mean, I kind of paid attention and I mostly just derailed it. Yeah, you really did. Remember the song Red Solo Cup? Oh, I do remember that song. <laughs> Thanks for bringing it up. I haven't thought about that song in 20, 25 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Is that Toby Keith? Yeah, we don't talk it's about Toby Keith. We don't talk about Toby Keith. Are you kidding? Is it because he's real jingoistic? Did Toby Keith do something? We can discuss later. Oh my God. We canceled Toby Keith and I didn't even know. Right. I feel like Toby Keith has been on the border of cancellation for. Yeah. A he's day. a little, he's a little too patriotic. A little bit. All right. Let's call it. With that said, God bless America. And good night, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) I didn't expect that. All right. Bye. Here's the part where you say bye in a very particular tone of voice. Bye.